Welcome to Your Voice to the World. I'm Eddie Pinero, speaker, filmmaker, and storyteller, teaming up with Terrence McMahon, retired CEO and best-selling author. Having built multi-million dollar businesses and created lifestyle brands enjoyed by millions around the world, we've established a blueprint to do more and become more. Now we're joining forces to inspire you to share your voice and build the business and lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Welcome to Your Voice to the World. I'm Eddie Pinero. I'm Terrence McMahon. And we help you share your voice. And build your business. And man, oh man, we're doing one of my top five favorite books today. Relentless. Tim Grover. From Good to Great to Unstoppable. I didn't realize the front, the forward is written by Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And Kobe Bryant was killed in an accident yesterday, in a helicopter accident. This is on the front of the book, just coincidence. Tim Grover is the master of mental toughness. This book is the blueprint for discovering what you're capable of achieving, getting results you've never imagined, reaching the highest level of success, mm. and then going even higher. Kobe Bryant. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's an incredible, incredible book. And that's what we'll basically be going through a lot of his examples, but he delves right into the three examples he gives mostly are the, the players that he worked with, uh, primarily Kobe, talks about Jordan, he talks about Dwayne Wade, and what made them different and how they think differently. He seems, you know, like you were just saying, he seems like a really uh, tough guy. I mean, mm. really a, a go-getter and, um, you know, help help the legends essentially transform themselves and he says there's nothing harder than making someone who's great even better because um, there's not a lot of space to work with and it was fun fun to read uh, right. how he did that yeah a difficult part of his journey was going from a great player himself and realizing that his path is not to be a great player he's not going to make it as a player he's going to reinvent himself he's going to recreate himself as a as a not even a trainer like a world-class uh, sculptor of the greatest athletes on earth and and that was difficult and it, and it was in a basketball game when he was playing he had a knee injury he was coming back and some high school kid beat him in one-on-one -on -one. uh i think it was kiki hardaway and said hey man i remember when you used to be great and it was a realization he said wow so he had to find a new way he had to recreate himself which is i think incredible when you have the courage to know when something's not going to work and also have the the drive uh, to be relentless to recreate yourself and, and have that tenacity to do it. And he wrote letters to all these teams. He wrote letters to the Bulls. And then Michael Jordan hired him. Michael was getting pushed around. He was a little skinny kid back then. Um, I guess he was. He wanted to put on some muscle, wanted to be a little bit of more of an enforcer and hired this guy for a 30-day trial that lasted, what, 20 years, I think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're still, still buddies to this day. Um, yeah. But it stems from, you know, we talked about this in, I think it was the second podcast episode we ever did. He hits on this really hard. Um, there's a lot of people that do, you know, a lot of things if, at, a, at a mediocre level. And, you know, the idea is to be incredible at your thing. And so he made a point with the basketball thing, you know, I can't play basketball anymore. It's just the reality. Physically, it's not on the table. So what can I, how can I pivot, you know, how can I change my situation to become a master at something I love? And, um, 
I just think that's so cool because at a micro level, you know, I know I, I go through that all the time. I know you mm-hmm. do too. Right. Everyone does. And uh, it's a really powerful way of thinking. Yeah, the, um, the concept of being the best in the world at something is uh, in, a, in a lot of books, but it's in Good to Great, which is a book by Jim Collins that I wrote. And he talks about, you know, what's the one thing that you could be the best in the world at? And if not the whole world, but the best, at least in your world, and recreate yourself into that. Um, I've used that over the years, and you're talking about him facing the reality of his limitations to be a, a, the best. And he, he made an adjustment. He became mm. the best trainer in the world. Right. So he couldn't be the best basketball. That's that's a Stockdale principle. You know, brutal the brutal reality is he was not tall enough, fast enough, healthy enough to be a great basketball player. He became the greatest trainer on earth. Yeah. So cool. It is really cool. And it, it, it ties into what we were talking about right before we, we hit that record button about sort of um, the epiphany I had with all this. You know, um, it, this is... I, I read a lot of self-help. I read a lot and I ingest a lot of it. Um, something about this book makes me feel incredible. And uh, I started thinking back to last year, the first time I read it, and I went on this little stretch and it was like one of the most impactful, um, you know, two-week stretches, let's say, of my life in terms of productivity and decision-making, yeah. just feeling amazing. And so... The question is, how can I inject that into my life every single day? And it also made me think about, you know, our own product, um, you know, the, 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 the motivation, the content that I've been putting out for years in the sense that, you know, I use it a lot. I've, I experiment and I, I just throw things against a wall and I see how the audience reacts to what's coming at them um, to try and hone in on what works. And it makes me realize that my product is that feeling. You know what I mean? Which is like an interesting thing to finally come to. And it's like, that's why you can put out other things or you can release things or create content or tools that are great. But if it's not what means the most, which is, you know, motivation, inspiration, a a blast of adrenaline in the morning or something that makes you think about the world a little bit differently, you're missing the mark. And so, you know, long winded way of getting to that same, same point, you know, finding out what your one thing is and just going all in on that. And you just, the results you see when you do that are through the roof. Yeah. Cause it lines up, lines up all your dominoes as you, you know, you say, I never, I never uh, heard it said like that. Like what you do is a feeling that you're, that you're That's the trying to prop, you know, perpetuate onto others. Um, cause you know, how I am with words and etymology, like relentless, like what does relentless mean? And it's, it's not, it's, it's an intrinsic, uh, you know, that guy's relentless, unstoppable. So the word that I could find in the definition was incessant. Um, and the etymology of the word incessant, if you break it down is, uh, in means without incessant is from cease. Uh, and it means without stopping, uh, without ceasing mm. ever. And that's what relentless is, is about having that, that drive to, to continue to push yourself forward. Because uh, that's, that's what relentless is a feeling, you know? It's a, to be yeah. like this guy is, uh, and the way he teaches the great ones, these are all different people. Because he talks about the 13 rules, or the 13 principles of relentless. All of them are labeled one, because he doesn't believe any one's more important than the other. And there's 13 because he doesn't believe in luck. Right. Yeah, I like that. He believes that, you know, you, you work hard and get your results. It's truly a way of looking at the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 pretty, it's pretty incredible. Um, 
but that that's a um, you know that's a model you know to go forward so we're going to bang around a couple of these these principles some of our favorite our favorite concepts yeah yeah, yeah. the overall idea of the book though is the three characters i don't know what you would call them the three you know the three types of people that uh that are achievers you know this this is a group of the better pe- the better people that he talks about he talks about good meaning he calls them the cooler right mm-hmm. he talks about uh great are the closers and then unstoppable are the cleaners so there's an example that he's given throughout the book where we'll we'll talk about um, you know what what the coolers would do, what the cleaners would do, you know, and what the closers would do. Yeah, it's all different all the time. At um at a high level, um, you know, the coolers essentially show up and they play the role. They're they're your stereotypical role player. They're yeah. they're the you know the I don't want maybe pawns on the chessboard is too uh, extreme, but you get the idea, right? And then so the next step of the second bucket is the closer. Right. And they certainly are capable of closing a game, or you know, using the basketball metaphor, but they're not consistent necessarily, and someone puts them in position to close that game. And that someone would be the cleaner, um, who's the third level, and that's, they're just uh, what I refer to as just immersed into their craft. It's their world. It's what they think about every second of their, of their life is focused on exuding excellence in that one particular thing. Yeah, the, uh, you know, baseball, basketball, baseball is probably a better example because there's 40 players on a baseball roster. And then there's also three teams. Uh, there's three levels of, of the minors. Actually, I think there's four now, double AA, A, triple A, single A, and then rookie league. Mm-hmm. And then you got, you got the best of the best. I played collegiate baseball and maybe five guys from the team went on to play professionally. I was not That's one. That's a of lot for a team, isn't it? Yeah, there's a, there's a collegiate baseball team, but four or five. Yeah, it was it was a lot. There's always most every team that's in that level are sending two or three players, and then of the two or three players, and this is a program that's been around for fifty years. Uh, there's maybe three major league players, um, and none of which I would ever even think achieve the level of clo- of cleaner. You know, of the unstoppable players. There's just so few of them. Uh, many of them were, 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 were coolers. I mean, there's no, no disrespect, but they show up. They're good enough. They don't necessarily work, uh, work hard. They don't look for confrontation. That's one of the things he says. He says coolers, they kind of run away from confrontation. You know, uh, a closer will, will fight if you give them a plan. You tell them what to do. They usually do it because they have the skills. But the cleaner will, will start... We'll look for confrontation, start a war, and finish it with a victory. Yep. They'll just close it out. So if you look around, you know, we lost a great cleaner clearly yesterday in Kobe Bryant. Uh, it's the type of guy you know he's getting the ball. You know he's going to be at the gym first. You know he's going to be practicing after. Um, it's just a, you know, that's just a, it's a mindset, you know, to talk to, speak to relentless, hmm. you know, that, that, that all-in approach to pursuing a goal. And you don't have to be a world-class athlete. You can be world-class at whatever in your world you can be best at. Right. Yeah. And it's more tailored to, you know, the percentage of people that read his book that are athletes or, or world-class athletes are small, right? I mean, it's, it's applicable to everything. Yeah. But that's why he focuses on that, you know, that mentions the sort of one thing, because if you're all in and you're committing and you're just pouring your life into being great, how can it be at multiple things? You know, it's just... Doesn't make sense. To you. It's it's your thing. It's your world, and you're the king or queen of your world. I like that. Yeah, he talks about um, speaks about pressure, mm. and pressure is discomfort. 
right? Pressure can break pipes, but pressure can also create diamonds. No diamonds, no pressure. Yeah. And being comfortable being uncomfortable, which is one of your best, I think one of your best performing concepts, right? And you're... Running in the rain. Yeah. Like seeking it, like wanting it and becoming addicted to the result, right? Not the... Not the actual running part, but the result, the endorphins, I guess, after running. Yeah. Not a runner. Well, it's a trade-off. Yeah. It's, a tra- it's weird because no, no one runs a marathon for how good you feel during the marathon, <laughs> right? There's, no, there's nothing ever advertised that says, like, this will make you feel like mile 14 of a marathon. But it's after. It's the endorphins, and it's, it's yeah. the excitement of having completed something. And physically, mentally, you just feel like a million bucks. But, yeah, that's your, that's your point, right? I mean, you got to go through the hell to, to ultimately get that great reward. That's what Tim Grover yeah. says. That's what it's all about. The reward, the reward, the reward. You know, it's interesting when your body starts to break down and you can't do the things you used to do, right? Yeah. To get to get that endorphin, to get that rush, you know, hitting a home run. I was a baseball player, so hitting a home run. I was telling Steve about this the other day. Who's a, you're a closer, I think, <laughs> right? I guess so. Now you work, you work at cleaner level. Steve you're pretty cleans. committed. We'll, we'll, we'll bash on you a little bit, yeah. but there's no greater feeling in my mind, than hitting a baseball clean that you don't even feel it leave the bat and you see it. All you're seeing is it leave the park and you get an endorphin. And that's from years of practice and years of repetitive swinging and, 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 and talent all put together for that one moment. And then it's gone. Gone, like, fleeting. Can't, yeah, two years later, I'd make the same swing. The ball wouldn't go out of the park anymore. Same swing, same feeling, just felt. So you got to kind of change horses in your life that's the point mm. like you're not always going to be able to run like you're you're telling me that running starting to take its toll in your body my left knee is destroyed yeah, yeah so you may have to very well get that juice yeah well that's that's the caveat right because i i've the past probably four years i've had the cleaner mentality feeling great in pain whatever the case is you're running your seven to ten shut up and do it and uh, I wasn't particularly smart about how I did it. You know, there's always nuance there. Like Jordan, um, you know, he mentions understood the the physicality of what he did and put people around him that watched his health. And, you know, like, like all professional sports players have at this, this day and age. But, um, yeah, anyway, so you can have that same drive and that persistence but be smart about it. If I was if four years ago, I would have right. done something a little bit different. Yeah, you see, you see the great athletes try to re- reinvent themselves after their career. I mean, what was Kobe? He was in, he was getting into he's running companies. Derek Jeter runs a baseball team here in Florida. Marlins, yeah, he yeah. runs the Marlins. Larry Bird got into coaching. You know, you got to do something else because these people performed at high levels. They're cleaners, man. Yeah, they want to have their version of the ball at the end of the game to to do that. And you know, in my world, when I left, you know, running a big company, I, I had you know, I had nothing. I, there was nothing there. So, yeah. The good news is there was nothing there. You can start from scratch and, and put mold it into whatever you want, uh, and start trying things. Um, and on, you know, to, to pressure, uh, seeking pressure to do things you're not comfortable doing. There's a there's a study that I that I remember because I used to have insurance agents, mm-hmm. and ninety percent of them or ninety five percent of them fail. And MetLife at the time, I used to work for MetLife indirectly. MetLife hired Martin Seligman, the 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 psychologist that invented uh, positive psychology, or he invented, he, that was his thing. And he said that there's an explanatory style that exists with people when they process some feeling of, uh, of pressure. 
And it's either positive or negative, positive being that it's local and temporary and negative being that it's global and permanent. And pressure is either a threat or a challenge. Right. You know, and guys like Jordan and Kobe Bryant and LeBron James and Tom Brady, he loves it when he's got a chance to win the game. Right. And he's certainly capable of not succeeding. He's okay if it doesn't work. He tries. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, he talks about removing that. It's, well, it's almost like simplifying it. And I don't know if these are his exact words, but he says it's a problem. Like, the, there's no problem. There's no good or bad. It's a situation, and there's a solution. You know what I mean? And, and Or a, there's a situation, there's a decision to be made, and there's a solution. And so if you remove any of that, um, things become clear, and you can take the emotion out. Have you ever seen the video, either of you guys, where... Um, Man, is it Barnes? Someone's inbounding the ball, and they do like a, a fake right at Kobe's face, like 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 they're gonna throw the ball. Just he doesn't even blink; he just goes like this. <laughs> it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. But um, yeah, I mean, he he's certainly like these guys. You know, the 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 Brady's, the Jordans, the the Kobe's, the ones that want the ball with the shot on the line. Yep. There's just the the. The emotion is taken out of it. It becomes real X and O. It's right. like, here's a job to do. Um, and that, I think, is one of the biggest challenges because it's the feeling in your stomach. It's it's thinking about what can go wrong. It's all these things that don't need to be there. And we can teach ourselves to, yeah. to mitigate that and become hyper-focused on what we're doing, um, which is really cool. Yeah. The cooler will hide from the pressure right. if they can. The closer will take a shot at it. It probably reluctantly, and the cleaner wants it. Cleaner wants it. And he probably wanted that guy to throw the ball off his face so he'd get it back so he could go hit the game winner. <laughs> He's like, that's good. Yeah. It was cool um, what he said about Steve Kerr, the coach of uh, Golden State. Now he's like, he was a clean. He was a closer during when he played for Jordan, and Jordan trusted him. Now he's a cleaner post NBA. Oh right, right. Yeah. I what, love. What that. does he do? Um, well, now he's a is coach of uh, Golden oh, he's State. Coach, yeah. Um, but he's done a lot of a lot of great stuff. You know. Yeah, and then of course, if you're if you're building a team, and this was this was uh, I thought that was in interesting. When you're building a team, you talk about the supporting cast around around Michael Jordan. Yeah, when Jordan had his teams, like everybody was better when they played with the cleaner, and all of them faded after they left. I love Michael's that. you know company because Michael was a, just a he would not play down to your level. Demanded you, excellence. Yeah, you got to play to the the, the best. You could possibly play. He would wouldn't put up with it, um, but they all did. You know, Pippen. They, no one did as well, and they all signed these giant contracts when they left Chicago because the, the sauce was in the leadership of the cleaner, the relentlessness that was infectious. You know, it would ripple throughout. Influence flows out and down. Yeah, and it always follows flows out and down from the the leader. You know, the the cleaner. Yeah, he he never played down. He had everyone else always play up. Did you feel like there were times where I? You know, obviously, as you're reading this, you put yourself in the, in the shoes of, you know, Jordan or Kobe. And I, you have to admire the tenacity and, and you want to build that into your life. Mm -hmm. But there were times where the dude is just heartless, like just heartless. And, and I kept thinking, like, is there a compromise? Like, <laughs> you know, that's the thing that kept popping, like to be ruthless with people and their emotion and just being so socially indifferent, just didn't right. care. Um, it's, it's interesting. Do you know there's a... There's a um, I, I told you about this. I don't remember. I'll figure it out in a couple of seconds, but 
there was a, a test that they gave the great ones. And this was Bezos, Steve Jobs, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates. And they all share this common attribute. And you wouldn't think, because these are all people that played their little role in changing the world. And the attribute was, surprisingly, concern for others. Very, very low level of concern for others in the service of the greater. See, that makes me feel good. The greater good. <laughs> yeah, because you, yeah, you can't be emotional about the one when the many are at risk. And sometimes some people got to go. That's a big part of my program, you know, deciding, making decisions, cutting away from things. And Wait, you're saying that was one of their attributes? or they, they? No, they they didn't have concern for others. Oh, they they didn't. scored very low. Yeah, yeah, they they scored low on that on that. Their concern for others was very low. Oh, I forget what the book was, but it, I'm sure of it. Then I take it back. That doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Well, if you think about what they did, um, they all did something, and in particular, Jobs is probably most notable for this. Yeah. That he didn't care what anyone thought of what he did. He just knew what, what he was doing would work for a lot of people. Just ruthless. Yeah, I don't think you can get large-scale transformation like movements without you know, being super committed to, this is gonna, we're going to have some losses. Right. Most any war that was fought over the years had like a decision that needed to be made. You know, we're going we're gonna to make... You know, we're going to have a lot of casualties here, but it's going to be better for the for the war. These the are movement. difficult decisions. Yeah, I can't make those decisions at this point, but, you know, the military leaders do it all the time. Right. You know, politicians do it all the time, unfortunately. Big part of the role, but the concern for others in, that, in those five or six was low. And that doesn't make them bad people. That just means they weren't necessarily concerned about the one. They're far more committed to their goal. Right. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I mean that c- it comes across. I mean, it, do- it he definitely doesn't sound like someone you'd want to have dinner with. You know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds like someone you want to read about and learn from and, and watch. But it, it, yeah, that I mean, and and granted, you know, this is I'm sure coming from a stand. I mean, he's being extreme. He's making a point, and he's very good at articulating why these guys succeeded. So maybe some of the other stuff was sort of left off. But yeah, I mean, that's that's the only thing that I struggled with. I'm like, all right, you, you leading is one thing, but having a little bit more empathy for your folks. Yeah. Um, I think that's exactly the point is that sometimes these great leaders, they don't like they don't go on a 6-month celebratory tour when they win. They might have a glass of champagne to be in the gym the next day. The next, next, yeah, yeah. you know, next. What's next for us? Yeah, uh, let's not celebrate here. We got, you know, they, uh, the the numbers of rings that, you know, that was one of the way Grover would teach uh, these players, like how many rings. Like the the, the win was a ring, like that was the win. Mm. It wasn't like statistics. It was a ring. He had Wade had one one number. Kobe had a number. Jordan had a number. How many rings? And fun fact, Jordan always held up, like every time he won, which is just weird to say that, six times, um, he would hold up the number of times he'd won plus one for the next one. I mean, these guys are just always thinking down the road. Yeah, that Um, guy was, I thought what was most important, most impressive of Jordan was how, how good he did after how long he was away from his game. And how I'm sure he was disappointed he didn't become that cleaner in baseball. Yeah. He tried. I'm sure he put the work in. There's little doubt that the work, because he had to change his body all around. Like baseball and basketball are two different sports completely for the body. So he had to re-engineer his body, and they did it. 
And then he didn't succeed. He didn't have cleaner status, although he probably sold out every minor league park in the history of baseball. <laughs> and then he came back and became better after. Yeah. It's amazing. I wonder, I wonder what Tim, how uh, he consulted him during that, right? Because he's like definitionally moving away from his one thing. I guess sometimes you got to let people explore and, and see, you know, but I, I felt like, I, or I feel like my hunch is, you know, he, he knew you know, that he's leaving everything on the table to go learn a very hard lesson. <laughs> What's it that, if I'm not mistaken, Michael, Michael's dad was, in, was murdered, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so he he, he, I think guy. he wanted to, to do that first. Maybe for his father, I don't know. Right. But ever, you know, the, the risk is not trying. Imagine being Michael Jordan and, and, and getting nine rings or 11 rings and thinking, oh, wow, I could have been a Hall of Fame baseball player too. And never trying. At least he tried. He processed it. And he came back, re- recreated himself to be, he, had, he, he put a new body together. He put a new shot together. He broke Absolutely. it right down to nothing. Yeah. The optionality being the upside is he could have been a great major league baseball player, maybe another, maybe as good as he was in sports. Bo Jackson tried to do it in football, right? Yeah. In baseball, and he was close. Versus the low downside that he hung his spikes up a two, two, three years later, and here he is uh, back to being the greatest player on earth. For sure. Back to work. Uh, coolers do a good job and they wait for a pat in the back. Closers do a good job, pat themselves on the back. A cleaner does their job because it's their job. He said that in the book. I love it. Yeah. It's like, that's just, he went back to work. He said driving into the, was it the Staples? It wasn't Staples, whatever one it was. I think it was named after an airline, the Chicago Stadium. He said, I hate this place. <laughs> he hates that place, but he went back to work. It's kind of like, um, you know, the, do their job. That's their job. I mean, there's, there's a there's a similarity into how our works evolved. You know, certainly, my works evolved. Um, you know, doing the whole lifestyle entrepreneurship thing. It's like you have the freedom to work wherever you want, but you're so immersed in it that you end up working more because it's just your identity and you love it and you're so consumed in it. Again, like I can't imagine going a day without continuing to push this brand and grow the business and do these things because I love it. And that's, that's, that's a cleaner mentality. Um, whereas, you know, you talk to a lot of people that maybe they fall into the closure bucket. They cut, the, cut it off at six. And that's it's fine. You don't need to be you know, cleaning in every aspect of your life. But um, definitely a parallel there. You know, have you noticed that over the past couple of years? You see it with um, people that retire. They have enough money. They, how much more money uh, do you need? Uh, they retire. They, they just check out. Like, the vision of lifestyle entrepreneurship isn't like, oh, make enough money in a little amount of time. There's a book about that, right? Only work four, four hours, hours a week. week. Yeah, it's like, that's, that's not... It to me. I can sum that book up for you in one sentence: automation. Period. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, which 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 is helpful in expand in spreading the message. Right. Like if you can automate and perpetuate a good message, that's how you get 100 million people watch your stuff. You got a good message, and people keep sharing it. That's great. Right. But when you are sharing your voice, and it means a lot to you, and you can build a business around it, lifestyle entrepreneurship isn't about doing nothing. It's about doing everything that makes you feel that good. Exactly. Every day. And who knows how many hours. You don't even know how many hours it is because you're in complete flow. Yeah. 
Remember, time's not going by when you're in flow. Yeah. You wake up and three days have gone by. It's the best. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a big deal, in my and opinion. You can tie all these things in. And then, like, we hit a certain goal. And, like, we, I can't remember the last time we celebrated or I celebrated anything. It's, like, always thinking, okay, like, the next. And right. it's it's just so fun. It's, like, the journey. It's it's what it's all about. But, anyway, the, the parallel is the immersion into this. Um, right. It's 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 my world. It's your world. It's Steve's world. Just like one hundred percent, it was Jordan's. Yeah, you, you want to? It's not it's not work. I mean, that's the bottom line. It, to, to him, it wasn't work. It's what he did. His 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 identity was his 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 job. Yeah, like that was probably the thing he enjoyed the most. Yeah, I hate to say it. Imagine that if he liked getting those ice baths. In terms of getting the tub, you ever been in an ice bath? Never. I I only did it once. My foot. It's it's treacherous. Like yeah. Some people just sit their whole bodies in the ice. It's it's a lot of you know it's a lot. Um, let's talk a little bit about the dark side. Let's do it, Luke. <laughs> your father. It's a pretty pretty prevalent theme in this book. Um, everyone has a dark side. Everyone. Right. But the best, the cleaners, are able to sort of harness that and use it to push them forward with what they're doing. Um. Weren't we talking about that a couple of podcasts ago that everybody's got the ability to be bad? Yeah. They got, they got that little, even, you know, great leaders, their ability to be bad makes them a great leader that they can get nasty if they need to. They can go primal. Yeah. Because uh, we're all born bad. You know, we come out of the, babies are a good example. You come out, they come out bad. They, they scream when they want something, they behave badly, and they learn these things to get your attention to give them what they want. They just can't want what they want and they won't stop. And then we teach people to be good. We teach them to conform. By society standards, bad, yeah. you mean. Yeah, yeah exactly. Born bad. Yeah, born right. bad, but yeah. is that bad? It's, that's like instincts right. at its purest form, right? Right when you come out come out as a baby. And then we teach people how to you know read these books, sit in this chair, dress this way, be this way, um, conform, comply. And then before you know it, you're living in this redundant lifeless world <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's pretty I mean, much what it is yeah it's it's a uh, it's groundhog day um you know and then when you when you want to do well you got to build a plan and then you know it's not a 20-year plan it's 20 perfect one-year plans you know one to the next you know harnessing the dark side i love the dark side about it yeah you know my, my brother and i made a, a silent film about that like waking up every day Oh, right. The yeah. Repetitive thing. It was, it was fun to make. He had a cameo. I remember that. Yeah. That yeah. kid looks Popped familiar. <laughs> he looks, he looks like, uh, like I've seen him around. Um, yeah. But it, he, Gary V, remember we were talking about that? It was Gary V uh, sitting, who was his guest? I don't remember who his guest was, but they were talking about, he was talking about his ability to persuade. Um, and this isn't exactly what, what Tim Grover's talking about, but it parallels a little bit. And, and essentially, Gary V was like, you know, I could, I, I have the ability to make people do what I want them to do. Right. And I could, you know, use it for immoral reasons. Mm -hmm. I could use this for reasons that aren't quote unquote good, right. but I don't, I harness that and I use it instead to accumulate wealth and make money and do things that are, it's positive, you know? Well, yeah. Persuasion is about, you know, ethical persuasion. It's about convincing people to do something that's in their own best interest, even when to them it doesn't appear to be. Right. And we did that a lot with insurance. And then you have to learn those sciences of persuasion. The cognitive biases always creep into our podcast. Like there's things in science that exist that can get people to super react. And if you can blend that into your, your own desire to be 
relentless, you know, whatever your calling is. I think that is a great way to harness the dark side ethically to move your, advance yourself uh, for the betterment of everyone. Mm. I think that's a big deal. It's beautifully put. I agree. What do you think? Flip on to the next one here. Dreams. This is a, this is an interesting part of the book. He talks about whatever you think about when you're in your quiet time, when whatever ideas pop into your head in a positive way that are possible is an example of your, 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 your body and your universe telling you what you're capable of doing. And at that moment, you should capture it because as soon as you do that, you're going to have the negative um, part, you know, people in your life and your own emotions start to talk you out of doing something that you want to do. Yeah. Dreaming is a big deal. Nike, just do it. Mel Robbins, five-second rule. There's 10 trillion examples, but yeah. your, your mind will talk you out of it pretty quick. Your, your, um, your, your lizard brain. Oh, your reptilian brain, yeah. The survival <laughs> brain. But you, you, know, you wanted an example of this, and, and, and I, in my, my TED Talk, the second pillar of transformation and recreation is dreaming, you know? Uh, you know uh, creating a new narrative. Because if you don't have a, a story to tell yourself, the world will give you one. And they'll have you wear it like a suit. So you dream. Uh, one way to dream is to, uh, you know, who's the greatest person you ever, ever knew? Like a couple days from now, Kobe's going to be eulogized somewhere. Like mm -hmm. there's going to be people speaking about what he did for this team or what he did for this player or what he did that no one was watching. You'll hear all kinds of great stories and, and his greatness will start to emerge because of the stories that people told about Kobe Bryant. If you ever want to dream, Pretend that you were Kobe Bryant and you're being eulogized and you're getting talked about like you did this and you were this person and you were this respected and you were this kind and you were this giving mm -hmm. and stop it there and become that. That's awesome. Yeah. Everything, all a dream is, is an understanding that something's possible. That's all it is. It's, it's widening your version of reality to the idea that something is doable. And what made Kobe incredible was he, people looked at him, you know, kids, my generation, 96, I had all his rookie cards. I was a big fan of, of Kobe. You know, I would look at him dunking and winning and hitting those shots. And I would say, Oh my God, that's possible. You can do that. There's a kid from outside Philadelphia that, that transcended, um, you know, reality our idea of what's possible and so you know my thought is well then i can do that so he he literally and i think that's why there's such a deep like pain you know felt by everyone because of of the tragedy yesterday it's because he helped people dream he pushed people to realize like you can have more you can do more you can create more for yourself it doesn't matter what your situation is it's work right and uh that's such a cool thing everyone needs that message yeah, he was. I guess he was going with his daughter to uh, to a basketball camp because there That's was so sad, there yeah. was pictures of all these girls waiting for him to to show up to teach. Uh, I'm sure that story is going to be told about that. But dreaming's about risk taking. I mean, the risk sometimes is not doing it, and you know, uh, coolers run away from risk. They take limited risks. Uh, closers take risks when they have a limited chance at failure. And a cleaner just does it and figures it out. Mm -hmm. You know, they just like they go and they figure out like how to how to get it done, and they fail and they're okay with that. 
Because they're more empowered to shape reality. Like a cleaner is confident in his or her ability to manufacture outcomes. That was my takeaway. So like the cooler, which is level one, and the closure, which is level two, like they just feel less empowered and there's more of the universe that more stars need to line up for things to go well for a cooler or a closer. Yeah. Um, LeBron James, Kobe, George, I mean, Dwayne Wade, all these people, you know, they feel confident in themselves, their products, their abilities. They feel like they can be the change. Mm. And that's a big difference with, with regard to mindset, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, Remember what Kennedy said? The high tide raises all yachts. Yeah, like, my you have a cleaner. I learned that from you a couple of weeks ago. I love oh, yeah. that quote. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. The high tide raises all yachts. Um, and a sinking ship will show you who's naked swimming. <laughs> that's, that's the B side. I, well, I, heard that yeah. from, I heard that from Trump. <laughs> if you're swimming naked, when the tide goes down, everyone will know it. Um, that's pretty much, I think a lot of the book that we're talking about unstoppable anything else you you think you want to share um, want to do a couple more yeah let's do a couple more i think um so particularly when you're listening to the audiobook which is how i consume the book i didn't even realize there were 13 things i know he talks about it at the beginning and he says he numbers them all number 1 right. but it's not even clear like it's just such a great read that you just get sucked into it all as one thing but um we have the 13 listed out and uh, i think it'd be fun to you know pick a couple um like you'd rather be feared than liked. Right. Um, that's a cleaner mentality. And I, I'm, I'm going to get personal. Like I have found that it's detrimental uh, in a business setting or uh, as you always say, you know, when you're creating a movement to become friends with people, to right. build relationships on that level. Um, that's my first inclination. I just, I don't know why, but that's the way I'm always drawn. Um, but, you know, more recently, you know, you learn from that and you you sort of, I want to say, pull that back a little bit. Mm. Because when you remove that emotional piece, um, you're able to build more effectively and, you know, make difficult decisions and act in ways that it's difficult when it's like you're, you're, you're a real close personal relationship with people. Um, so I understand that 100%. And I would advocate that people think about that, you know, depending on the setting and what they're doing. Um, sometimes it's not good to be, to be, uh, to be liked. You want to be yeah. respected and they're different. That's well, um, uh, such a cool topic because I'm sure at some point there's a book called Compelling People that is on our radar. It's about how to exhibit warmth and strength at the same time. Mm. If you're too too much of one or the other, like good great leaders, I'm sure Michael Jordan beat the bag out of somebody one day. <laughs> right? He just yeah. probably terrorized somebody, but I almost guarantee you he circled back and said, "Hey, man, our team's gonna be better because we did this." And you stepped up. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And when you're feared, um, it's a it's a lonely. You know, the top is the 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 lo- leadership is a lonely run. Um, and you know, recreating yourself sometimes is a lonely journey. And about you know being feared that you're completely committed. You're you're in. You're gonna do it. Period. Mm. Not like I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna take care of everybody and 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 that's okay. But being feared. Um, Let's people know that you mean business. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here. I'm playing today. Yeah. You know, it's Machiavellian. It's like, um, all right. You know, you, you're going to have to make some tough decisions, period. If you want to succeed, you know, you decide, 
Terrence 101 to cut away, right? Right. And that's not easy. It will never be easy. Um, it's why in Moneyball, too, I remember uh, Brad Pitt's character, uh, Billy Bean, yep. saying, like, you can't, you know, it's, it's a business. You got to go down and tell someone, hey, pack your bags. You got to go. Um, and, and so segmenting that out, and it puts you, like, I kept jumping into, like, Kobe or Jordan's, like, I imagine being them at practice right. and just playing that, like, teacher role. And it makes sense from that perspective. You need to be here. You're doing this. You're doing this. You're doing this. It's a business. It's, it's uh, progress. Progress requires that strength. Um, Absolutely. The... Um I know there's a part in the book where he talks about Kobe was playing, uh, when he practiced, he practices on his own hoop. And mm-hmm. if he's feeling good, at the end of that, he'll go wander around with the with the players and give them a little juice and, uh, and, and step them up. But, you know, that's respect. And being respected and being feared are very close. They're not, like, completely different a lot of times. Like, being feared just means, well, don't, that person won't give you a hall pass. Like, there's no such thing as a hall pass with a true cleaner. Yeah. You know, you don't get a day off. You step up, you know, in the, in, in the military, you know, you hear stories of people like, if you're not there on time, like, there's just this little thing about being on time, they'll take you out for that, like a legitimate, you'll get fired or demoted for not being on time for something, because they rely on it. That's lives uh, lost, potentially, yeah, if you're late. Yeah. Totally. I uh, want to try another one? Yeah, let's do one more. And by the way, I, I didn't realize that the first, the first three we talked about we're part of this 13. I said it like we're going to now break into 13 new ones. It's all, it's all 13. Um, but yeah. I, I didn't get that either. That, and I like it that he didn't go one to 12. Our last podcast was the 12 rules and Jordan, uh, Jordan Peterson has 12 chapters. It's very simple. This was I didn't yeah. see that like that. Um, I loved it though. You, 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 you read the book and you're like, wow, well, there's not 13 anyway. There's one 13 times. Right. Let's right. finish with the bang. What's your favorite here? I feel like we've, we've touched on, on most of them. Um, uh, know exactly who you are. We, we went into that pretty, pretty thoroughly. I like, I mean, of course, you know, my favorite word, you know, you, you don't, you make decisions, not suggestions. Mm. Right. Mm, I like that. That yeah. ties into the one we were just talking about. Right. Yeah, yeah, you make decisions and cut. You decisions are cutting away. So you make decisions. It's not like I think I might be this, or yeah. I think I might consider not promoting this person. Like that's a not a cleaner attitude. It's like you cut away from the other the other part, and you you inf- you give someone information. What's the example in the book where he's talking about how cl- how coolers and closers they say maybe is that what it was, or they say probably, and he says cleaners there is no probably. <laughs> it's, and and so again, I always play devil's advocate with this stuff. I think I think I'd be curious to see if my personality type is uh is is the opposite of Tim Grover's. Uh, just in terms of like you know those human what are they the tests? Um, well, Grover epitomizes um, the podcast we did a few a few uh, a few ago on the journey, like being he's not the hero of his book. Right, right. He's right. the guide, and he loves being the guide. Yeah, and he is—he makes no apologies for his process at Attack, right. Attack Athletics. He's like, this is how we do it. Hundreds of athletes, um, you know, Jordan first. Right. right. What was it? I get it wrong. You get it right. With the Jordan, he paid Jordan, or Jordan paid him not to teach others. Jordan would say, "I'm paying you not to teach others." Jordan yeah. said, "I'm paying you, so you don't teach others. I'm not paying you to teach me. I'm paying you not to teach others." Like yeah. the secret sauce. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. 
you know, it's not suggestion. Like, oh, maybe you can eat a little bit better. Remember he talked about the sugar, you know? Right. Like, yeah. If you're not throwing up, you're <laughs> cheating. <laughs> he um, takes, like, world-class athletes into his gym, and they're throwing up, like, on the first day, on the yeah. first hour. It's like, oh, we're going to have fun. It's like, this isn't a suggestion. You want to transform? There's a price to pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, so so what I was, the point I was, was going to make is, like, he he's advocates being very, spe- like, this is it, period. Right. And... I was playing devil's advocate with the idea that sometimes deliberation can be a good thing, right? Right. I mean, ultimately, you want to have the end say, and you want, you know, your supporting cast to know you have the end say, but, um, you know, there's there's a downside to being that, you know, having tunnel vision to that extent, I think. What would you, how would you rebuke that? I can only say this. When I was selling insurance and I was broke, 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 broke. I met a guy, and he was he was known for giving you because know, you, you when you want leads, you don't know how to get them when you're a kid. You're like, I want to talk to somebody, and the guy used to give three leads to three different people on the same day. So someone would call in and want insurance, and he'd say, "Oh, uh, here's a lead," and I'm like, "Oh, thanks." So I needed the money, and I I'd I'd literally go from his office to my office. I'd call the lead, and I'd be I'd go out and see the lead that day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, while I was in the house. The phone would ring, and one of the other two people would be calling to, you know, oh my God. <laughs> late, <laughs> a little late. And I said, I, I said, oh, I'll take the calls. I had a little late to the dance. Um, but there's really three types of people. There's, and I love this, I always have. Like, there's people that, that make it happen, cleaners. There's people that let it happen. Watch closers. it happen, maybe. And then there's others that say, what happened? Yeah. Like, what happened? Like, everything just passed you by. Yeah. You know, we have the capabilities of doing so much and so many do so little with it. That's just a shame. It's an awesome way to put it. So maybe after our conversation then I would I was looking at it wrong. Maybe I would I would look at it as either taking action or stumbling around. Right. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, that's probably the best way. Toe in the water. It's not like it's not like he's advocating ignoring you know other people's opinions, but it's like if you're looking at it from a binary standpoint, you're either being active and, and proactive or you're taking your time and like you always say don't worry be crappy until you move you there's nothing to refine right so just yeah. go you can't improve upon something that doesn't exist you can't refine a goal that's never been uttered never been written down never been talked about right never been shouted out that's what you shout out you pound in do it do it with authority learn refine repeat oh sweet <laughs> so nice that was thing. good I like that alright relentless from good to great to unstoppable. Forward by Kobe Bryant. Take it. Read it. It's awesome. All right. See you next week, guys.